Welcome to the Youth School Podcast, where we believe inside of everybody there is a great story waiting to be discovered and lived. This is the show where we guide you on your journey in discovering what your story could be. It's your life. Don't let anybody else write it. All right. Let's go. Okay. All right. Hey, everybody. This is Scott Schimmel, the host of the U-School podcast, president and chief guide. And we're in this series for the month called The Experience of You. And uh, partly it's to satisfy my own curiosity. I'm always fascinated by the experience other people go through. But the other part of it is we want to be instructional as, because we see, we see ourselves as guides in other people's stories as they discover who they are what it means to live out the life they're supposed to live. And by asking people and interviewing folks about the experience that they have, we find that it's actually helpful for, for those of us who are listening. And so today I'm really thrilled because uh, I, I was thinking for the last couple of weeks, I, I really want to have someone on the show that is, is going through and has been through the experience of raising teenagers. And so uh, one day, literally, just popped in my head. Oh, it has to be Stephanie. So, I want to welcome you, Stephanie Koak, to the U School podcast officially. And then, as as Thank we you. get started, can you just tell us generally about you and your family and all the stuff that you're involved in as a parent, so we can get a little context for who you are? Sure. Well, thank you for having me. Just, again, very honored to support everything that you're doing, Scott. So um, I am, um, let's see, I've been married 23 years. Can't believe that. <laughs> and I have three teenagers. I have a sophomore son and a junior daughter. And then I have a freshman at UC Santa Cruz daughter. Wow. Um, so I have, yes, it, <laughs> um, somehow my husband and I, we had three kids in three and a half years. Oh my God. And yeah, at that time back then, um, I remember a parent when I was at a park one day and I was exhausted and mm-hmm. I had the three kids together and she said to me, do you realize you're going to have three kids in high school? Like one year, Jeez. all three will be in high school and then you're going to have them all in college for a while, you know, <laughs> one year. <laughs> And, and I was just like, wow, okay, I'm sleep deprived. And I never yeah, even really thought that. through really how this helpful. is going to go. <laughs> um, but it's, it's been an, an, it's been a thrill. I, I mean, I'm, I'm just excited. You know, my husband and I are, are both very involved in our mm-hmm. community. Um, he coaches, he's been coaching for 12 years with soccer, okay. um, has built up a lot of relationships with, with the kids in our community as well. Mm. Um, and then I've always gone the school route myself. And I've um, started off like in elementary school, helping with Red Ribbon Week was actually uh-huh. one of my first uh, involvements. And that was great. I always been kind of in the health and safety side of school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then involved with PTA, being president at a couple of elementary schools and the middle school, and also um, Girl Scouts and just different areas where I could support kids' programs. Yeah. And just, uh, you know, valuing coming together as a volunteer group, um, which I felt other parents, we all really just need some attachment and, mm-hmm. you know, a way to support each other as we, as we figure out parenting, since, you know, none of us really have the answers. We yeah. are learning daily. So. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, it's interesting so, uh, that yeah, idea of like it, that stranger in the park. I, it just seems like there's this collective thing in our society of cursing each other, like in that sort of way. Yeah. <laughs> um, whether it's you have too many boys or too many girls or wait till they're teenagers someday or wait till they're out of the house. There's just this sense of like, it's going to suck. It's going to get worse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I don't know if that was one of those like, enjoy it now, because okay. it is going to be crazy when they're all teenagers yeah. at the same time. But I almost felt like as they've grown up in all these different phases, they've had each other and a close friendship mm -hmm. um, because of being so close in age and yeah. understanding each other. So I'm, I actually think this support they've built with each other Mm -hmm. for us work mm -hmm. um where they are very close friends and i think that you know for what we weren't really thinking out back then um has really evolved in great friendships for each that's other cool. so that's cool it's been great yeah well, i'm on the beginning stage we have a 12 year old who is i think entering mm -hmm. the teenage years a little bit early or earlier than we had planned or hoped uh so yes big part of this interview too <laughs> is just so i can pick your brain and figure out what's ahead because i think that's i completely agree about that sentiment you just had of we're all just sort of figuring this out one step at a time one day at a time and and it's not just the the new stages and phases these kids are going through but it's also the uniqueness of that kid and on top of that you see these like cultural things that are shifting very rapidly where teenagers now face different things than we faced um, so in the midst of all that, do you like teenagers? <laughs> like, what is your, what is your thought well, on teenagers in general? You know, it's, it's really funny. Um, when we moved into our house 10 years ago, um, we knew we needed to do this backyard renovation. And so my husband and I stood out there and we looked around and we actually, at that moment, so we're talking 10 years ago. So mm -hmm. my oldest was eight. Mm -hmm. Um, and we made this like proclamation that we would want to be the house where the teenagers eventually would hang out at. Like yeah. we wanted to be that house. Yeah. So we put, we put a half court basketball court in our yeah. backyard <laughs> and a putting green. Oh. Um, yeah. So we were like, well, our son was playing a lot of golf. Our daughter was playing basketball. And then we mm -hmm. kept a little green area where we could set a soccer goal up. Mm -hmm. So we have this, and then we have like, basically a picnic table which it can be hit by any ball and still survive hmm. so we sort of made this structure and established this <laughs> in our neighborhood and really because i feed off these teenagers i mean i i feel honored when they come and do want to hang out here hmm. and we really did become that house um that hmm we would have, you know, five to 10 kids at any wow. time just here, you know, and I've probably gone through more snacks and pizza bills and mm -hmm. uh, drinks and things to have stocked up yeah. in our house, yeah. but I wouldn't change a thing. I, I learned so much from them and I, I kept it really a safe place for anyone, not just my own kids. Yeah. And it was just come and hang out, be yourself. And, you know, and we we put these like floodlights up in the back. We actually have enhanced the half court over the years huh. because we found a lot more kids wanted to play at night. So we okay. put lights up huh. and uh, and we would have, you know, like pickup games going on on the little basketball court, no like basically 
all through like middle school, high school, and just became a great time to have just kids be here and be safe and and know that there's parent supervision, but not in their face supervision. But yeah, um, but most of the time they would want my husband and I to be around and they, you know, have conversations and share with us. And so it was it was cool. It's, it's a fine line between being the cool parents because yeah. I still want to establish that we are, you know, adults and we're going to make sure that they're doing the right thing. Yeah. Um, and, um, but I think we found a balance of, of creating that for their friends. Well, that's interesting because we, my wife and I have, have set those same sorts of goals and values for our house being the house that's very communal in and out. But the, the problem that I have is I, I really like things clean and quiet yeah. <laughs> and I don't think I, I don't think I'm like that out in the world, but at home. And so I'm just finding yeah. our values are like sort of at a clash with each other. Cause I, I come home and there's like 15 kids here and it's on one hand, I'm <laughs> excited to see them. On the other hand, I'm like, whoa, 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 get your feet off the couch. Why? I mean, why are you walking yep. crackers everywhere? I mean, who's, and then I, I wonder lately if I'm, perceived by these kids is kind of like this scary figure that's not very warm because <laughs> I get a little bit uptight and so I want them out in the garage or something or in the backyard <laughs> but exactly I mean definitely I'm with you because I did I mean we'll have like sometimes we host like you know Sunday football here and that's mm-hmm. when they are like and now I feel like they've become sort of like the you know they're a little bit dirtier and like you know yeah. I don't want that yeah. red Gatorade on yeah. my beige couch yeah. right so um, things like that, but they generally, yeah, keeping them outside. And I think that was it. It was like making that backyard really cool to hang out, kept them out there. And I would just okay. basically put like some, you know, drinks and snacks out outside. Out you didn't even <laughs> have to come, come in. in. I mean, like a you know, porta potty maybe. Um, you can always take the yeah. You can always take the side gate porta potty in the corner. I don't know. I mean, we're basically. I leave one door open with a direct line to the restroom. You know, like they don't yeah. have to like go anywhere else in the house. Yeah. Um, but it yes, I agree with that. But it was and now I mean, as I look back and I have my oldest off at college and mm. things have already gotten quieter just by mm. one leaving the house. Yeah. And I I mean I miss it. I miss mm-hmm. the craziness, which at the time when I am someone who does like some order in my house, mm-hmm. um, but I'm missing it because there was just the laughter and the, you know, the, the trust. Like yeah. I always felt like we created this area that they could come and, and be accepted and just mm-hmm. have fun, you know, and, and stay young, like stay like, yeah. you know, without any other type of social pressures. They could just hang out and laugh and have a good yeah, time. And play. So, yeah, I mean, that's it. I think if you just can offer different areas like that where it is just play and hang out or mm. the kids would go down to the school right by us and play flag football. Yeah. Um, so we've, and they still do that. It's funny because they'll come here and they're like, hey, can we, do you have a football? We can go down to the school. I mean, they still mm-hmm. do it. Like it's mm-hmm. just, they've grown up doing that for mm. the last, you know, eight to 10 years. And that's cool. That, it's great. So it's created some tradition and I just, you know, really, I, I, I feed off of it myself. Yeah. It helps, it helps fuel me. Oh. What do you do with the kids that you don't like? <laughs> you know, 
I've had some some pretty direct conversations with kids uh-huh. that um, I actually was recalling. Oh my gosh, there was one time in the back, and I mean, with boys especially, you know, I felt like my girls yeah. never would get rough, obviously, with each other. Um, but with the boys, I remember, you know, a couple of kids were going at it, and then my son got involved, and they mm-hmm. were, just, you know, they're just wrestling and throwing mm-hmm. the football, but it was an intentional takeout. And, you know, and I was trying to, you know, show a little, I didn't want to embarrass my son, but it was yeah. one that I was, I was looking out the kitchen window and I witnessed the entire, you know, scene yeah. happening. <laughs> and, I, and I walked out and again, there's like 10, at that time, these kids were like 12, you know, okay. and I walked 10, 10 boys. Right. And I, all I did was I walked out and I said, you know, and I got right in this boy's face and I said, that just was not appropriate and it yeah. will not be tolerated here. Like, yeah. you won't be able to come here if that's the behavior I see. Yeah. And he looked at, and all the boys, like, everyone stopped, like, yeah, right, and looked for right. my reaction. Whoa. And he looked up at me, and he was like, I'm sorry, Mrs. Goak. Mm. That, that won't happen again. Mm. And, you there know, you my son's kind of like, oh, gosh, Mom, why did yeah, you do that? Totally. You know, like, but it sort of established that. Yeah. I'm, I'm just not. And, I, and later I had a talk with my son about, I noticed this kid was just, kind of picking on you like was yeah. looking for reasons to tackle you that were not really mm-hmm. even during a you know he never even had the ball in his hand um and so it got that conversation going of like yeah you know it seems like he's changed a little and and they had some space and this was a kid that didn't come over for a while but mm-hmm. they've resolved as they've mm-hmm. grown up a little more and he's welcome back but yeah uh, but it was you know, I think you have to, and it was just a perfect opportunity to make a statement because I did witness how it all happened, you know, and, um, but those are the times it's a little tougher, but yeah, I think if you establish that a few times and kids witness, they know that there's a certain behavior you expect. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I know, but I always realize they're just kids too. Like they need lesson moments and and that's it. I give them that benefit. Well, I know hearing some of your stories that you have some like caring moments for kids that are in your house, not just your own kids, obviously, but their friends. And I'm just curious how that's happened over the years. Like what kinds of interactions do you feel like you've had that have given teenagers the, the vibe that you're someone they can talk to? Like, what do you, are you strategic about that? Is it just who you are? Like, just talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I know as recently it was one of my daughter's friends who I noticed her car was sitting out front and, um, and my daughter wasn't home. Like, you know, no one else was home. And I finally just walked out and I just, you know, started talking to her and knew she was waiting for my daughter to get home from practice. And, Mm -hmm. and she'd been crying and I just, you know, and she's someone who has shared things with me. So I, I think, because I, I do offer myself out there of just, you know, I'm, I'm a hugger, you know, I've always mm-hmm. hugged my, for my, mm-hmm. especially my daughter's friends, not my yeah. son's friends, but, <laughs> um, but, you know, more like high five or whatever, yeah. they're just respectful of the boys. But, um, but with the girls, like, I think just, I've always hugged them. I know the ones that have needed more attention over the years of just knowing a little more about their family and what's going on. And, um, so I just, I think there's probably five or six of their friends that I 
feel like, and I feel again, honored that they've shared things with me. And, mm-hmm. and I think because my kids have shared with their friends that I'm someone like, if you share something with me, it goes in the vault. Hmm. Um, and I've, and I've never, I the trust to me is just mm-hmm. something that I always hold dear in my heart. Like that is, I will never violate someone's trust. Yeah. Um, the only thing I've told my girls and any of their friends is that if it's a safety concern or right. something, you know, like there, there's a, there's a little bit of a line, but, but they've, they know that they can trust me. And, and that's always what I've shown to them as I've watched these girls grow up and, and mm-hmm. watched the, their struggles change as they've gotten into then getting into their own relationships, which was why this girl was sitting in front of our house. Her boyfriend had just broken up with her mm. and she was really upset. And I just said, you know what? I just, why don't you come inside? And yeah. um, so she came in, had some dinner and, you know, and it was funny when my daughter walked in from practice and she's like, wait, you know, is she here? What, what's Not going right. on? You know, like, <laughs> what are you guys doing? You know? Um, but I mean, it didn't really surprise her because she's like, well, yeah. you know, this is just who I am. Um, yeah. Just to, I will, especially if I know someone's hurting, I feel like I was, I think God gave me a very sensitive radar, mm-hmm. I call it, of mm-hmm. feeling when someone needs that, you know, mm-hmm. they need maybe a little more of my positive energy or, or whatever, you know, I just, I can sense it. Mm-hmm. And I I feel because I sort of give off that vibe with yeah. these girls and coming into my house that they know that I'm here for them. Yeah. And and they've so, come asking for it. So some yeah. of the research we've been, done has been this idea that kids in order to grow up to be healthy adults need to have healthy adults in their life that are showing them what that looks like and, and getting engaged in their lives. And the there's there's a number that I've read multiple times that that a kid and adolescent needs not just one or two, but up to about five healthy adults that they have interactions with. So that's way beyond obviously parents. Uh, it's, you know, it's got to include extended family or neighbors or family friends or parents of my friends kind of thing. And so to see you have that role for kids who are friends with yours, that's, it's so cool because that's, it's possible. We can do this. <laughs> we can, we can all definitely kids in a healthy way. Yeah. And I think just for what they need and, and it's hard because I always hope that they could go to their parents first on something or, you know, right. it's what I hope for my kids. And I, but I also realize that, you know, it's, it can be tougher for some of them with just, and I, and I always feel, and I encourage them to, to like try to go to their parent. Like, I feel like I, when they'll share things sometimes I'm like, this is really something I know your mom or your dad would really mm-hmm. appreciate just knowing what's going on. And I always try to like nudge it a little more mm-hmm. in that um, because that I would want myself. Some of the things that have been shared with me and like, I wish, you know, I would want my kids yeah. to be telling me this so I could totally. be a part of, you know, supporting them. And, and that's the thing, but yes, I mean, it's, you know, and I, and I think, cause I always encourage my kids to make sure that they, you know, if it's a coach or mm-hmm. uh, a teacher, you know, someone else, like I know they need, they need that support from other angles, yeah. not just always the parent perspective, you know, and, 
it is important. So I'm always encouraging them to seek it out too. What do you notice in terms of the struggles other parents and teenagers are, are having in your community with your friends, the people that you know? Yeah, I think what I keep hearing, it, it's, it still comes back to that communication. Um, you know, it's, I have so many friends who felt like they had these great relationships when the kids were in, you know, elementary school and even middle school. Yeah. Then they got to high school and the kids just put their headphones on and closed the door to their room yep. and stopped talking, yep. you know, and, and they just sort of coexist in their house. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that, and it's funny cause I, I'm a, I always encourage family dinners, you know, or game yeah. night or something. Yeah. And, 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 oh, well, we're just, everyone's on a different schedule. You know, mm-hmm. like, I feel like I get back excuses mm-hmm. and, you know, we established three nights a week. Like mm. we probably can't do it every night, which, but yeah. three nights a week, we have a family dinner. And this, now that our oldest is gone, we actually have added one night out for dinner oh, cool. and our kids get to choose. Nice. So it's fun. Yeah. We went to Shake Shack last week, which <laughs> my husband was like, why are we driving all the way over here for a burger and a shake? Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. <laughs> so, but I was like, it's the kids call. This is what they wanted, you know? Yeah. But, but that was what I talked to some of my friends. They said, you know, how about just pick their favorite restaurant, but no phone. Yeah. Like you don't bring yours. They don't yeah. bring theirs and you just go out, but it's their choice where they want to go eat. Yep. And you know, one of my friends tried it last week actually, cause I kept saying we're doing this and she's like, all right, all right, we'll try it. And, and they did. And they actually said that was more effective than mm. having a home family dinner mm. because at home, yeah. you know, their phone's coming in or something's yeah. going on or yeah. And they felt like they went, they, they went to the, you know, their son's favorite restaurant mm. and they Nowhere had a to great go. time together. Yeah, just there. Nowhere to go. And we were just focused on each other without any mm. distractions. And, and that might be, yeah, more of the answer. Well, I know for me, my son is on the beginning stage of like the headphones in and just being annoyed with us. And, and it's, it's not much, mm-hmm. but it feels significant because he's always been so warm to be around until recently. And I just wrote an article on just reflecting on my own parenting shifts. And I, I think for me, there's a couple of things. One, it's, I'm actually, I'm realizing that I have to mourn what I'm losing with him and, yeah. and ultimately with my uh, two daughters as well in the future. But I just feel sad that you mentioned that like we were, we used to be close in elementary school or middle school, like, and now we're not. I think that's without really grieving that there's energy there that um, has to, you have to take that somewhere. And then the other part of it is not wanting to make more conflict. And I think I noticed that for myself and also other parents if I'm to declare that we're going to have family dinner and there's going to be no phones, you know, as soon as you say that there's going to be the fight, right? There's going to be the resistance. <laughs> yeah. That's uncomfortable. Exactly. And that's feels, gosh, to, I mean, especially to some personalities or if you got a lot of stress at work, it's like the last thing that you need, but the time goes very quickly. A, a week turns into a month, turns into a few months and then a year before you realize you've actually created a new habit and pattern, which is really hard to break in that communication cycle. So I, to be mindful. I think that's why I'm curious to talk to you for this interview. It's you're really thoughtful about the way you approach family and parenting and your kids. And I think that's what a big part of the answer is for every parent is to be thoughtful and reflective and intentional about what they do. 
Exactly. And you have to be able to accept the change. Like it's okay. You know, like I, I, I expected them to get to a phase like this, like this is okay to be at, but, but I, yeah. And I think that we can have enough of, you know, I think because my kids know, I mean, they, they make fun of a lot of things, you know, like when, you know, my husband's like, we're playing sorry as a family, right. Mm -hmm. Like we're establishing like these board games. Yeah. And the kids are like, oh, no, come on. I don't want to. Why are we doing this? And then by the time we like set it up and sit down and then we're playing it, they get right in. Well, we're very competitive. So everyone gets into like wanting to win. Right. So but it still brings us together. And and then by the end of it, they're like, oh, you know, I'm I'm so I'm glad we did that. Mm -hmm. You know, like they they definitely enjoy it. And I think because both my husband and I like push back and Mm -hmm. complain and everything that can come out of the kids' mouths, it doesn't actually bother us. Huh. It, we, I'm, I'm at the point, and maybe this just happens with having three coming mm-hmm. at me at, like, so many mm-hmm. angles. And, but it doesn't, like, I don't take any of it personally. It doesn't huh. bother me. I, I actually expect them to push back. Interesting. Because um, it's not and personal. And I think it's, no, it's not personal. So I think because of that, and and I think, the relationship that my husband and I have where, you know, we actually, we laugh at each other because it's like good cop, bad cop. And mm-hmm. we actually switch the role a lot. Yeah. So we'll have a little like, you know, discussion before the kids are around, like, okay, you know, we saw, yeah, that like Tyler mentioned he got this, this grade and yeah. or he's struggling or for me, it's, if you have a missing assignment, like that's just not acceptable, you know, right. <laughs> whatever the result of a test, is Mm -hmm. what you put into that test and studying Mm -hmm. right so and that's something you'll have to work on yourself but you're missing an assignment so it's funny but we'll kind of okay here's the situation yep who's going to be the good cop who's the bad cop because (laughs) we don't really want it to be this like we both try to overpower one of our kids yeah and i actually think it's it's pretty Hmm. effective where they feel like i mean i'll say something to my son like well i know that's that's it looks like you just didn't get that in or what happened or, you know, he's like, Oh, I turned it in late or, mm-hmm. you know, remember it was that weekend we were so busy or whatever the situation is. But, yeah. you know, meantime, my husband's like, this, you know, you can't have missing <laughs> assignments. Up. What are you right. doing? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and then so I kind of walk in with all like, well, what, what, well, and I'm like, do you want to email the teacher and kind of explain what happened? He's like, Oh yeah, let's, you know, and I'll help him write an email and he sends it. And, you know, so, that has helped with just the way we handle our parenting is that we always want them to feel like we have their back, you know, like, and there's going to be these situations that come up. And again, we want them to come up while they're living under our roof. Hmm. So we're ready for it. And, you know, I think that that's really what comes in to play a lot is like, okay, you know, this is okay. It's okay. We're dealing with these things. Yeah. We want it. We want it. And we learn so much because then we'll kind of like regroup later. My husband and I like, wow, we actually handled that better than we thought. Like we weren't sure, you know, like, or our kid is more receptive than we thought. We thought huh. there would be a lot of back and forth fighting or something. Yep. <laughs> and sometimes they just admit it and they're like, I'm sorry. Yep. We're like, wow, I wasn't even expecting a sorry in that <laughs> one, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think those are the little pieces that help with parenting where you're like, that went better than expected. And sometimes we're blindsided and, 
and then we're like, wow, okay. Um, mm-hmm. That was a tough situation. And, but we, I, and I try to counsel my husband on take a deep breath when there's something you're blindsided with because yeah. you will, and then you'll talk from your heart. Hmm. Like you won't react right away. Yeah. Like if you, you know, it's always that like take a moment if you can wait 10 seconds before you react to something, which yep. means you could sort of process it without that, you know, yep. quick reaction. Um, it's always better. Yeah. We're yeah. working on that. <laughs> it's hard. It is hard, you know, yeah. but they're going to get the same lesson out of it. They will actually have a better lesson from That's you right. if you don't react immediately. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I just heard that I was at a, parenting seminar a few weeks ago and the the term that these folks use was strategic ignoring and we've been mm-hmm. trying to practice that but the idea behind it if let's uh the example to use was your kid you asked them to do something and they roll their eyes at you and yep. that's just a classic like just drives i think every parent up the wall and so i have oh, yeah. pretty much always taken that right in that moment as the opportunity to teach them about respect and manners and start following them around the house. And, and so they were talking about this yep. morning and they said that uh, the, um, it was interesting. They said, when your child chooses to roll their eyes, they're actually exhibiting self-control. And, and so I was like, you know, what are you talking about? And they said, because the eye rolling the voice that they make rather than what they want to say. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. like, actually it's a, it, it's, it shows that they're maturing. It's a step towards maturity where, where before they exactly. might call it, say, no way, or you're, you're, I hate you, you're the worst. And so if you can ignore that in the moment, can you in five minutes or 10 minutes later come back and say, hey, I know this isn't fun, but this, this is why this is important. And just remind you, uh, I do not like when you roll your eyes at me. Like just the, that lesson, the opportunity of that lesson going a little bit deeper, if you wait five minutes or 10 minutes versus lecturing them and falling right away yeah totally it's like exactly it's crazy it's so hard to do oh yeah no and i and i did that it's funny because yes yesterday my son rolled his eyes at me (laughs) um and i and i you know i actually like smiled at him when he did it (laughs) because i just was i mean it's it's so funny he's but he didn't and he didn't say a word it was just the eye roll yep and and I was smiling and he's like, what? You know, like, yeah. I'm like, well, I go, obviously I saw the eye roll. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, mm-hmm. and sometimes he actually doesn't think I see it. Yeah. You know, so, so I think it like when I like said, you know, yeah, I, I saw the eye roll, you know, he's like, well, you know, oh, anyway, I understand. I know we got to leave in 10 minutes, you know, or something. So mm-hmm. telling we had to get somewhere and he didn't really want to go. and that was his reaction but yeah it was more like I smiled and I think yeah. he was like almost annoyed that I smiled at right. him while he did that you Same know so I think it almost like <laughs> if you if you yeah if you catch them off guard with it like that uh-huh. too sort of call them out on it like they're they don't even know how to react yeah. like he was sort of like are you supposed to be yelling at me or something yeah, or right. like I just smiled I was like <laughs> okay well That's we're crazy. and i said well we're still gonna leave in 10 minutes so okay <laughs> well what you're talking about to me if i were i'm sure if i was watching that happen i'm like wow stephanie seems so detached in a in a healthy way because it's not that you don't care yeah. it's just you're not choosing to react which 
you know, the more I read, the more I understand about helpful parenting, like, especially I have a five-year-old who's just exiting the toddler years. <laughs> and if, but because oh, she's yeah. our third kid, this time around, I didn't, I, you know, we didn't panic when she'd have a tantrum or when she still has a tantrum. Mm-hmm. It's like, we know it's a phase. Yeah, you can ignore it. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's just it's, how she expresses herself at this age. She doesn't know any better. And it's almost cute sometimes. It's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she's losing her mind, coming unglued because she can't find her stuffed animal. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And I think that's it. When you give them the space to, you know, be able to sort of let it out, like have that outlet Yeah. where, I mean, and, and again, I, I, same thing. Like I look at it, like there's times where I've had conversations with my daughter who's, you know, and, and, and I know, and I've given her some more space because she's been going through a lot, my junior mm-hmm. who's in mm-hmm. the house still. And so, you know, I'll get into something with her and, and she's like walked away from me and gone up to her room in the middle mm-hmm. of me talking to her about something. Yeah. And, you know, and my first reaction is to follow her, right? right. Like, don't walk away from me. I'm in the middle of talking to you, right? And I actually, I'll let her go to her room. And as long as I don't hear a door slam, because I don't know, the door slamming upstairs type of thing, like that yeah. just gets yeah. under my skin. But, <laughs> because that's a disrespect thing, yeah. right? Yeah. But quietly upstairs, you know, and, and then I'll, I'll, and I actually have set the timer before in my kitchen for five mm. minutes, oh, because I know I and I'll, and then I'll walk upstairs calmly, as much calmly as I can. Yep. I sort of take my time breathing, you know, mm-hmm. some yoga breathing maybe. Mm-hmm. And, and it's usually that something's going on and she's had a tough day and I'm not even taking that into consideration when I'm coming at her about something, you yeah. know? So yeah. by the time I'm like, you know, what's going on? Is everything, are you okay? Like, mm-hmm. and, and she'll right away tell me what's happening with her. Hmm. And then I'll say, well, you know what? We can revisit what I wanted to talk to you about. Yeah. And you just tell me, you just tell me when you're ready to talk about it. Cause yeah. it's still something we need to address. Yeah. That's and I think awesome. when I give her that space to like control something that she knows I want to talk to her about. Yeah. But I'll let her come back at me in her time. Cause she's 17 and I'm like, okay, you know, I have to yeah. be respectful that especially when my poor husband, sometimes in the morning, I'll have a cup of coffee and I get up earlier than him and then he'll come downstairs and I'm like, okay, so I want to talk to you about this and this and this. <laughs> and he's like, can I just have my coffee and like get going? <laughs> so I, I realized the timing of conversations, even yeah. though you're ready right. and they're not ready, you know, so as they mature, especially when your kids are 16, 17, mm-hmm. you know, you have to be aware of like, there's just the timing to have those conversations. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when you give them the space to then come back to you and, and want to have the talk, it's a much more effective talk. Well, that's just good, good relationship. What you're talking about. That's just, that's just light. In general. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And I think I forget that as parent, most parents do like that. That first and foremost, we need to be respectful to our kids and put ourselves in shoes, like very kindergarten kind of stuff. Exactly. You know, and that's it. And I think that that's part of the the trust and the maturing relationship that happens where, you know, you're, you're just showing, you're demonstrating. Yeah, it it is. You're demonstrating sort of an adult friendship. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's where you want to evolve to where, you know, especially now my daughter that's out of the house and I spent some time with her last weekend. It was, you know, I just, 
was blown away by her maturity and just, you know, she's even for her to say, okay, can we go to, you know, I'll meet you. We'll go to 1030 church. I want to take you to my church. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's her, it's her place, you know, like, mm-hmm. and or I want to go to our favorite restaurant. You know, my team's been going to this great restaurant downtown and just, and then watching how she, and she even paid for it. She's like, Oh, yeah. I'm gonna, let me pay for dinner. Um, wow. Cause she worked part time, you know, all summer and yeah. she had money saved and, you know, and so she felt good to, to do that for me. And, you know, it was just like, such a great feeling mm. of wow okay she did you know she did okay we've got yeah, one down right, that's, uh, right. that's managing yeah. <laughs> one made right it direction. out of the house okay <laughs> you know not permanently yet she's still you know we still yeah. are responsible for her but um but just seeing a little moments of that it's it's just helpful as you so know it's like it's like a it's like a parent reward like all right yeah. I get a little bit here and there to feedback on I guess we're doing this okay, but well. Last you know. question: What's as you think about your kids in, in the future? One of the exercises, questions my wife asks frequently is, "What do we hope our Thanksgiving table is like 15, 20 years from now?" Um, what What do you hope your kids are like as they become adults? Uh, um, I guess I'm talking about like the quality, not what they do or where they live or any stuff like that. But mm-hmm. what do you hope they're like? Yeah. Well, with um. You know, we always use the term in our house just to be a good citizen. Mm-hmm. Like that's really who we're raising. We feel like as parents, it's sort of, you know, this is our obligation. We need to raise good citizens. Yeah. And we want them to just be kind, really demonstrate that kindness in their daily life. Hmm. And, and that is just, you know, I, my kids, I think it's, and again, it, it all comes with what you show them. and you know, I've always been one to, to serve and volunteer mm-hmm. and, and help in different organizations and, you know, making 1,200 sandwiches every mm-hmm. Thursday for prisoners in Tijuana or, you know, something they've mm-hmm. grown up watching. So it's always that, you know, taking care of others' needs and how that really helps you um, grow in who you are and just, mm-hmm. you know, that part of it and their characteristic. I was just so important that, you know, the kindness that you show a stranger is, I feel just more valuable than what you show your family even. Like, I I mean, I think it's like, it's an interesting twist on, you know, by you demonstrating that to people you don't even know, it just really just shows your deep character. Mm, Yeah. And, and I just felt like, and I, and they know my feeling is like, if you demonstrate love and kindness, in everything you do or say, and if that's the undertone hmm. of how you live your life, you know, like you are successful. Yeah. I mean, that is really, you know, and whatever your job, whatever, you know, whatever you're doing in life. Yeah. Keep those undertones, kindness and love. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, if that's your root, then it doesn't mm-hmm. matter where you work. It doesn't matter how much money you make. Um, so that's who I'd want at our table. I just want everyone, Hmm. you know, showing that respect and, and just being kind. Yeah. Uh, Awesome. That's our good citizens. Mm -hmm. Any good resource Uh, that you recommend to parents and teens, book, podcast, something? You know, I've, yeah, I mean, I read the book, you know, 
How to Raise an Adult. Mm-hmm. Um, and are you familiar with that one too? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. So, and you know, and it's between that and the energy bus, which is okay. a book that I just read. Um, but the energy bus is just all about how to really, you know, hold on to your positive energy. And, and if you're driving that bus, you know, then you're influencing your passengers who are oh. your kids and your friends. Okay. And, oh, cool. um, yeah. And you really want to just, as you give positive energy, cause you know, we're all drawn to it. Um, how that can really change the climate of your work, of your family. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just that, that has been a powerful book that I just recently read. Okay. Definitely recommend it. Cool. The energy bus. We'll put that both yeah. those in the notes from this episode, which is. Yeah. Great. Hey, okay. Stephanie, thank you for being on the show on the podcast. And you uh, got it. No, thank you. And thanks. Really- Excited to partner with you. Great. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Take care. Take care. Thank you for tuning into the U School podcast. We want you to know about our brand new LifeScript course. Our flagship program that we offer is now available in a digital environment on our website. The course is designed to help anyone who is in a period of life transition to reflect on the big questions that matter the most. Questions like, who am I? What's my story? What do I believe in? What kind of person do I want to become? What's my mission in life? How can I best contribute? And who do I belong to? The digital course has been designed to be intuitive and deeply human. You will recruit your own team of life advisors to track with you the entire time you engage in self-reflection, giving you the feedback and support you need to write a great story for the next chapter. Just go to theuschool.com and if you sign up, use the promo code PODCAST10 to get $10 off the list price. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T and the number 10. Remember, you only get one life. Make sure your life reads like a great story. Thank you.